Welcome back to the Bad Meaning Bad, Bad Meaning Good podcast on the Jeff First the World Network. I am Brandon for the Watch the Series podcast, and I'm here with my man Rich Fan. What's going on, Rich? Not much, Brandon. Looking forward to chatting about one of my favorite movies growing up and finding out if it's bad or good. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen this movie in, I don't know, at least 10 years. I used to watch it all the time when I was a kid and when I was mm-hmm. younger, but I haven't seen it in like 10 years, and so... It was it was something to rewatch as a grown adult. It was something. But if you couldn't tell by the intro, we are reviewing uh 1994 comedy superhero film, uh Blank Man, directed by Mike Bender, starring Damon Wayans, David Allen Greer. And the nineties I don't know how many nineties movies I've reviewed either on this podcast or uh on the hindsight podcast with my man Rashani. They got Robin Givens in it. She really was like the nineties it girl. Like I don't think we have that. Like, do we have that anymore? Where you just look up in every movie, it's the same person. She was in everything back in the nineties. And she was in this as well. Oh who would... man. Robin Givens. So who would have been like nowadays Robin Givens? The closest. And I, I'm going to say this because it's hilarious because on the flight, we were just talking about my trip to London. On the flight back, I watched like five minutes of a movie with her in it and then something happened. And I was like, nah, I'm out. Um, <laughs> Zoe Saldana. Oh, I mean, yeah. I mean, I've seen her in a lot of things. But, every but she doesn't play her, she the love different. interest. She doesn't play that like yeah. it woman. Like she, like Robin Givens and everything. Head of, not head of state. Um, what is it? The... Uh, the Eddie Murphy political movie. Oh, head of state. No, was no, that's the one state? with Chris. Chris. Uh, she was Rock. in Boomerang. Boomerang. There it yeah. is. Boomerang. Yeah. So like, she was everywhere. You're like, oh yeah, she's it. The next person after that would have been uh, our favorite crazy conservative black woman, Stacey Dash. Yep. Yeah, she had she a run for a lot. little bit between TV and movies, but modern. Yeah, I, like I said, I thought about Zoe, and then I saw uh, the movie she did with uh, Christian Bale and uh, Chris Rock, mm-hmm. where there was a scene. There's a scene in it where uh, they're kicking every other or every black person out of the room, and she's the nurse trying to do an autopsy, and they're like, "How come she could stay?" It's like she's a Honduran, <laughs> and after the people leave, she's like, "Are you Honduran?" No. They just say that to let me stay. Has day. anyone played more ethnicities than Zoe Zaldana? She has the, uh, but that's the <laughs> thing. I'm like, wait a minute. So you're playing a Latina. You're a Latina playing a black woman that in real life denies that she's an Afro Latina. I was like, yeah. okay, this is a world <laughs> where like, I was like, this is a turn. Like I'm done. <laughs> I'm going to watch another episode of Smallville or not Smallville, uh, Superman and Lois and Superman call and Lois. pass out. Which, by the way, if you all are watching that, that is such a hidden treasure. Like, I don't think enough people are watching that movie. I mean, that TV show. Mm-mm. But it's so great. It's just great. Didn't she play? Um, was it Harriet Tubman? No, no. Um, um, she played she, someone. Yeah, she might have. 
it was look real it quick. was some it was a I could have swore she played a civil rights person in a movie. Nina Simone, not Harry Nina. Tubman. That's who she, she played. played. Nina Simone, like she played. They some gave her a prosthetic people. nose. They darkened her up. I think someone said she's about to be playing Cleopatra. Oh, which man. I'm just like, what is going on here? <laughs> uh, but yeah, Oof. yeah, Nina Simone. Yeah, but yeah, we're talking about Blank Man today. So, Rich, why'd you? Um, I asked the chat. We got a, we got a group chat on how we pick how we're gonna do these movies, and I asked the chat, and Rich jumped right in. Was like, yeah, I'm down. So, like, what made you want to jump in and do Blank Man? Uh, well, because when I was little, my mom would always make fun of us because there were certain movies she would call like "Hey, Duder" movies, and she's like, it doesn't have to have white folks in it. But it's something where there's someone that's like somewhere that's emotionally or mentally underdeveloped compared to the rest of the cast. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of sexual innuendo where the innocent person goes right over their head. Yes. But to her, she's picking it up instantly. And she's like, why are y'all watching this? And uh, just absolutely could not understand why we were like cackling like he hyenas whenever things <laughs> would happen. So for this one, the J5 scene accomplished all of those where he was like, J5, what's happening to me? J5. J five. Oh dear God. Uh, and my, you know, gotta understand. I'm watching this like probably we rented it after church, and so she's like, "All right, what y'all got that I'm gonna have to be praying over y'all for?" And my dad was like, "This is gonna be funny. We're supporting some good artists. We're supporting the Wayans." And then this goes through, and I'm like, "He's like, yeah, he's better than Batman." And I was like, "All right, hold up, pop," because my dad was like, "He's like," I was like, "Hold on, come on." Now. This so movie, this movie, by the way, got a twelve percent on Rotten Tomatoes mm. by the critics. Twelve. Uh, it did get forty-one percent by the audience. So, okay, the people still loving it. Okay, the, the people loved it a little bit more. It was still not fresh, but Mm-mm. by the audience either. But you know, I enjoyed the movie when I was a kid. I used to watch the movie because I've always been like into the nerdy stuff. I was like, and so I'm like, oh, we got because you know before this. The only black superhero movie that we had was Meteor Man, where you know he when Robert Townsend runs up into a building and like throws crack babies out the door and calls them crack babies, which is kind of ridiculous. And so you know this was right around the time of Living Color, and so everyone was familiar with the Wayne's brothers. Damon Wayne's wrote this film, by the way, Mm -hmm. which you can absolutely tell. I wrote in my notes, Damon is no Keenan in terms of Mm -hmm. writing. He's not Keenan. That's not his his thing. And it was always wild to me seeing David Allen Greer because he's like, he can be like so serious. Like I've seen him in like serious movies where he's like a serious actor, but like he's so known for playing like the goofy stuff, which is mm-hmm. wild. It's like Vin Rains is like Yale trained actor, but you just know him as being the gangster. Yeah. <laughs> so it's always like that disconnect. Uh, so like I love this movie growing up. Um, so let's talk about the movie today, and then we'll talk about what we thought about it. So I took some notes. I'm not going to go through scene by scene because honestly, this movie's not worth going through scene by scene. Um, but early in the TV show, the first part of this movie was like so close to my heart when the kids mm-hmm. were just watching the '60s Batman. I didn't grow up in the '60s, but all I did was watch the 60s Batman when I was a kid. My dad loved that show. He had, like, all the videotapes, like the VHSs, and I would just watch it. It used to come on TV Land, and for people who don't remember TV Land, but I used to watch it over and over and over and over again, just 60s Batman on repeat. And so this made me so happy. 
Yeah, I'm gonna like date myself a little bit because I'm a little older than you are. I used to watch it on uh, regular air because I didn't have cable till I got to college. So okay. that was on like WPXI, like in New York. And I didn't, you know, whenever we were at my grandma's uh, projects, we weren't really allowed because no one knew us in the projects to go out because might get jumped regardless of age. So mm-hmm. I'd watch Batman. I'd watch uh, all the detective shows, Incredible Hulk. Mm-hmm. That was my gem. In fact, if I had known this is where we were going to start, I should have thought about that given the plot. I have the box set of the entire oh. series. Yeah, I got off Amazon for like 20 bucks because I figured out me being me that if you go to the Amazon Italy webpage, it was selling for a price that was like it was 20 bucks American. Mm-hmm. And the only difference is when it came in, you just when you put the DVDs in, you just put English as the preferred oh, really? instead of the default Italian. <laughs> so the box is in Italian, everything else. I was like, I know who it is. I've and seen so, every episode a million times. I also have so they make a few years back, they made a comic book series called Batman 66. Which was basically based off like the Adam West world, but they added mm-hmm. like, like, like for example, Two Face was never on the TV show, but they like put TV, they put Two Face in Batman sixty six, and they, Ooh. and they wrote him as if he existed in that universe, which is it's hilarious seeing like Two Face in that Batman sixty six world. But like I have every issue of that like right sitting next to me, so like if it's fantastic to read. But yeah, this was such a key to my heart, and so we meet Daryl. And Kevin, Daryl is Damon Wayne's character. Like Rich said, he's kind of like, I don't want to say he's on the spectrum, but I think they were like trying to say he might yeah. be some type of like on the spectrum, but like this really smart, like bright kid, but kind of like weird and awkward and not understanding certain things. And then there's Daryl, who's just like, you know, just your average black dude in the 90s. Uh, and so the kids are watching Batman and they can't figure, it's like, you know, for people who are young listening to this, we used to have to have, uh rabbit ears on your tv and sometimes the tv wouldn't come in clear and so you had to do all types of crazy stuff to try to get the tv to be clear so you could watch your tv shows and if you were like me my grandmother used to want to watch her stories and used to have me by the tv moving the antennas around so she could see her stories clear and they couldn't watch the batman show so you know uh daryl makes this crazy contraption so that they can watch Batman that like floods the house because he has to flush the toilet in order for it to work. And so it's a whole thing basically showing how he is. Uh, so yeah, I thought that was good, but like the basic gist of the story is that Daryl is this really nerdy person and Ke- Kevin is working at the news station for hard edition, hard edge edition, which is what they called it, which back in the nineties, they used to have like, these TV shows, they, I mean, they still kind of have them, but it's like the precursor, like TMZ, whereas like these people would like try to find these like sensational stories and they would be, they would come on like late on Saturday night, like on Fox or whatever. It'd be like 11 mm-hmm. o'clock and you see like these crazy stories about stuff that was going on. Uh, Daryl, David Allen Grizz character basically works for them. And by the way, I don't know, has anyone been typecasted more than Jason Alexander? Like that that Just dude's like the... a classically trained actor. Like and he talks about like being kind of upset that everybody sees him as George because he's like this classic like on Kirby Enthusiasm season seven, they even had like a skit where like Jason is like trying to do all these like super drama things and all everybody sees is George. Like this is nineteen ninety four. He like I'm not I don't wanna I don't wanna dismiss Blank Man, 
But I feel like in 1994, Seinfeld was like the most popular show on television. Mm-hmm. Jason Alexander could have got a better role than this if he was offered a better role than this. But he basically got offered. He was basically like Lieutenant Dan mixed with like George Costanza uh, <laughs> all the way down to the wheelchair. Uh, and so he worked. So David Allen Greer works for this dude. And essentially, there's like the evil Italian mobster boss, Manelli, who is trying to get influence in the city by corrupting politicians. And there's a scene early in the show where this was wild, Rich, where they show up at like the war, like the war room for like this dude running for mayor who's supposed to be like the he's supposed to be like the, you know, the politician that wants to change things, the uh, the Harvey Dent of this Mm -hmm. world. And uh, Manelli tries to buy him off. He's like, no, I'm not for sale. Get out of here. That night, <laughs> Manelli's dudes just roll into this place and just shoot up these old ladies. I was like, yo, this is wild. Like, what kind of writing is this when they just shot up these old ladies? But one of the old ladies happened to be Damon and Daryl's grandmama. And so that sends Daryl on a path to wanting to be a superhero because his hero was Batman, which we learned early in the movie. Uh, and he develops this character called uh, Blank Man. Is that pretty much the gist of it to you, Rich? Yeah, yeah. And I do want to give Damon a little credit, too, with the writing, because I don't know if you saw his co-writer for this was Jonathan Frederick Lawton, J.F. Lawton. And that dude wrote Pretty Woman, Under Siege, Under Siege 2. So some of the stuff that he has in this, the comedy things are his, but I think a lot of the ticks, like you mentioned with this, this is like, as soon as you were were talking about it, I was like, this is Under Siege 2. In terms mm-hmm. of just let's just figure out a way. Oh, we'll just kill a lot of people to get them back on the on the <laughs> like dark territory. We got we got to get going. Yes. And so for this, yeah, like it's the it's the Batman feel. I think Damon added that to this whole movie, but mm-hmm. JF kind of framed the action. And so when you take that, this is the most absurd version of a Batman episode. Where like yes. Batman's the case starts instead of the old ladies being caught by the Joker with like laughing gas, they just get bl- bl- blown up or shot up. Like in this case, like that was sick. I was like, how do you not know who did this? If you turn down a bribe, you get your place shot up. Yes, and you know what I did appreciate about this movie? All the gang, like they went to like a crack house. They like they were walking through the neighborhood. It was just horrible. Every time there was like gangsters all over the place, but every like. <laughs> This is like so. One of me and Rich's favorite shows is Succession, and it's like the mm-hmm. opposite of this, but like in a good way, the same way. Every bad person in this show was a white person, which I thought mm-hmm. was hilarious. Like every bad person was white. All the gangsters were white. Like they, they went to a crack house in the hood. It was nothing but white people in the crack house. Like it was just a wild thing to see. But of course, that's something the Wayne's brothers would probably write. Given if you watch anything else they wrote at the time, that makes complete sense in how they would see the world. Um, the only yeah, exception no. is I'm surprised they didn't have a a white Mike character. <laughs> there was no white Mike. Yes, mm-hmm. there was no white Mike. That is true. Um, you said this is like the most ridiculous version of a Batman, but if we're being honest, 1960s Batman was so ridiculous. Like it. So like this, I watched this at one point and I was like, I don't know. This might be even more serious than 1960s Batman in some situations. Because, like, you know, everybody makes fun of it, but, like, if you watch the 60s Batman movie with the shark repellent, like, that, people still talk about that in 2023. That was 50 years ago. And they talk about how ridiculous that is. And they actually brought it back in, like, the comic books, like, in a serious way, where he has shark shark repellent, which I thought was hilarious. 
Um, but we meet Robin Givens, and so one of my one of my notes was: Has there ever been a movie that you watched with Robin Givens where you actually believe she would actually date the person she's dating in the movie? Because I never believe it. <laughs> I can't think of one. Like I'm going through her uh, filmography right now, and I'm like, ah, no. Nah. So the closest would have been Eddie in Boomerang because that mm-hmm. was like Eddie when he had the glow. Mm-hmm. But everything else, it's like, especially the 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 late stage stuff is like, okay, she would date them because she had like, she had time. But like <laughs> a lot of the other ones, it's like you look at uh, flip the script from two thousand five, uh, when she was in uh, the Cosby Show. Even then, I was like, mm, he ain't. Mm, mm. Mm-mm. And then even Batwoman, she ain't have really someone matched up, you know, pour one out for Batwoman. Right. No, she actually, yeah, I forgot she was in Batwoman. Yeah, she was her mama. That's right. Uh, so, by the way, her name in this movie was Kimberly Johns, J O N Z, Johns. I, I get a kick out of the characters in some of these 90s movies' names. At least these people have last names, though. Uh, there was yeah. some movie that we did where nobody had a last name that we were watching. Um, but yeah, her name's Kimberly John. She is a news reporter. She's like an anchor. She's like the key, like the top news anchor in this nondescript city that they don't tell us where it is. You're led to believe it's like some Northeast city, uh, but you know, they don't tell us what city it's in. Um, and so, yeah, she's, and she basically, excuse me, the whole first part of the movie is her and David, David Allen Greer, like flirting Well, David Allen Greer trying to get with her and she really not having it. There's a funny scene where she does finally take his number, was like going to think about going out a date with him. And then like Daryl had gave uh, Kevin this like, like this belt that like you could talk to him. And so he's like, but the belt's like, you know, by his junk and he's like talking into it. And he's like saying like, I'm, you know, I don't want to talk to you right now. I'll go play with you in the bathroom in a little bit. Hey, hey dude, one one like my mom at that point is like, okay, that's strike one. <laughs> Three strikes, the movie's getting shut off. That was strike one. She must have walked away because there was definitely more than three strikes in this movie. <laughs> There's definitely more than three strikes in this movie. Um, there, so basically, what he t- later on in the film, you know, they're walking through this neighborhood, and that's when they went to the crack house, and that's when Daryl decides he wants to fight crime, and he gets home, and he, you see him stitching up this. He's stitching up this costume. Rich, this costume is so ridiculous, even for this movie. Like, what was that? Like, he did he make it out of pajamas? Was it pajamas? Like long johns in a in a curtain or a cape? Like, it's such a ridiculous costume. He makes some type of like he sciences it up so that it's bulletproof. Uh he makes a he makes a utility belt out of the most ridiculous things. There's a spam can on his utility belt. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's like a, a there's like a measuring, like a tape measure. There's like a glue gun. Like there's all types. I want to know who the I want to know who the um, props person was on this film because the props person was in their bag in this film completely making these ridiculous props. But he basically makes this suit and then he makes one for David Allen Greer. Uh, Kevin has no interest in fighting crime. And he goes out to like start fighting crime. The first crime that he solves is an old lady 
Uh, oh no! What, what was the first crime that he saw? I think it was somewhere. No, the first thing he did was when he tried to eat. Right? Yeah, he did the alley, and he's like, "Hey, stop, you miscreants!" And <laughs> yes. and and, and yeah. then he went and he got almost jacked up a little bit. He got away with it, and then he went to the crack house and tried to light them up. And that's when he realized, "I need bulletproof because yes. these guys can put a cap in me." David Allegra ends up tracking him down because this this white dude pimp was like, you know, doing pimp stuff, and they beat up the pimp. And the next day, I got this scene. This is one of my favorite scenes in the movie, Rich, and I got to play it. Uh, but the next day, uh, David, I mean, Blank Man goes to the, I don't know if it was the next day, if it was that night. I don't know when it was, but he goes to the police station to try to report this crime to the commissioner. And here's the scene. <laughs> hey, Chuck. <laughs> you got to hear this. <laughs> Tell him who you come to see. I want to speak to the commissioner. <laughs> Tell him why. Tell him why. Duh. I'm a crime fighter. And I had a run-in with some punks last night, and I'm trying to get the cooperation of the police as I take these street punks down. Wait a minute. I don't see what's so funny. What about your name? Tell him your name. Okay. I don't have one yet. But I'm leaning towards Brother Man. <laughs> Is someone behind me? What's the joke? I got a name for you. How about Shithead Man? <laughs> I want to see the commissioner. <laughs> one of my favorite scenes of this film because if this was real right if someone was actually fighting crime particularly if they were dressed like that i feel like that's how the police would react like i feel like that's how they would react i feel like that's a normal person's reaction (laughs) to that yeah and you mentioned the suit i think a lot of this too even though he's not credited as a writer this is Damon cleaning up Handyman and putting it on in mass oh. audience. Mm-hmm. Because it's the same style. Like, I wanted to make sure because I thought about it. Um, let me see if I can share it with you. Ooh. I'll send you the uh, the thing in our chat. But, like, if you look... And I love this Oh, yeah, site. it is. Yeah, there's a site I found that gives him DC power level, like they did based on like DC comics, like what his power level is relative to. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I forgot about Handyman, Clark Bent. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> the 90s was a wild time, man. They got away with so much stuff on TV that you could not possibly do today. Uh, no, no. You could not do this today at all. Um, no, this was like like when because he, he would do the step, and then one of the things again, just like with Blank Man, as we're talking about, that kind of saves it is when you start watching. Uh, what was the cartoon series they did for the Wayans? Oh, um, oh gosh, I know exactly what you're talking about. But they talk uh, about the fact that he was very um, self conscious of his club, like he had to wear the boot. Mm-hmm. where one foot was like smaller one leg was shorter than the other and so a lot of this was him as a kid leaning into those jokes to get like accepted 
And then, you know, eventually Damon could kind of like move out and just be a funny dude. Whereas like Damon was it Jr. Wayne hit? Yes, it was Wayne, Wayne hit. Yes. Yeah, Wayne hit. So he had to deal with a lot of that. And I think that also, like you said, the 90s has to be sanitized. If you watch it with like 2023 20, eyes, like mm-hmm. the, you, you that they getting shut down early. <laughs> but it, it, you know, especially with Blank Man and all these, you know, this is the era of them uh, bouncing out different roles. Like Jim Carrey's now blowing up with mm-hmm. his stuff in 94. So in Living Color, and I would love to do like this is, is probably one of the most seminal television shows for folks to get a shot outside of Saturday Night Live with mm-hmm. folks who got kicked off of Saturday Night Live or were told they weren't funny enough to be on it. And I feel like the the predecessor or the uh, the successors to it kind of never really did it as much as much as I love Mad TV. Right. It was like there was a different level. There were levels to this. So like even this movie, like when you look at that outfit, you look at the police, that scene is just you know that is perfect and then you know him playing it you need someone like a Damon to play it that straight because i'm not he's... sure why they haven't done a documentary on the living color yet or like a real documentary on that or maybe i, I missed it because that I would know. be fascinating i wish they did and i wish i had the money to do it just to sit down with all of them because there's mm-hmm. so many different actors and actresses that got started there black white latino latina Jennifer Lopez, people forget she was a fly girl. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was the start. Like, mm-hmm. to be able to, like, that would be the person, like, if you're going to build up, like, talk about the time, like, I'd probably open with her. Just so people get an idea of, like, this is how far to this day where she's now an action movie star, which probably is, is she the most famous person from that show? You think? You think she's more famous than Jim Carrey? I mean, freaking A. Um... That's tough. That's because she has like in terms of movies, he's got her beat money wise. Mm-hmm. But in terms of you had the music in, then she's like, it's not right. even a contest. So I would say probably. Yeah, I think so. I mean, how many people uh, have, have been part of like Jim Carrey has not been part of a named power couple that people know by like as soon as no. you say Bennifer. <laughs> Yes. It's only two Jennifers, but there's a fact. <laughs> ben Affleck, again, kudos to you, sir, that you've now uh, retaken Bennifer and given it to Jennifer Lopez instead of Jennifer Garden. <laughs> yeah. That, yeah, that was a time, man. Um, so, yeah, the, after that, man, they go to therapy because uh, Daryl, I mean, Kevin thinks something's wrong with Daryl. And the therapist mm-hmm. is like, no, nah, this dude's brilliant. He's just a virgin, basically what he said. Because they right. show him a bunch another of another 90s staple. Yeah, another 90s staple. I was gonna say that. Um uh what happened after that? Uh Dar- after this, uh Cap- Kimberly or Robin Gibbons want you know comes to Daryl because B- Blank Man starts to blow up. They save a pregnant woman. Uh she was stuck in the elevator, and uh, you know, they had some more of that humor that Rich was talking about because he grabs she grabs, she's like giving, uh, going through labor and she grabs David Allen Greer's junk. And he's like, she's like, oh, you got a big finger. And he's like, that's, that's not my, that's not my finger. Uh, but, and she, he comes up and he, they do the little slow thing where he like has this fake grapple gun that's like a plunger with like some other stuff connected to it. And he comes up and he's on TV. Um, and everybody's talking about Blank Man in the City. So Kevin, I mean, so Kimberly wants to do a story with Blank Man. And so 
Kevin thinks, oh, this is how I'm going to get in with. Uh, so, yeah, so Robin Givens wants to meet with Blank Man, and Kevin thinks, oh, this is how I'm going to get in. You know, this is how I'm going to make my move on her. I'm going to help her get with Blank Man. Uh, and so he begs, he begs Daryl to meet with her. She He agrees, uh, but she wants her to meet at like this train station. Rich, I used to, this was me. I mean, you're from New York, so maybe you can tell me this is true or not. Like in Baltimore, we got a subway, but it's like not nearly as intricate. I used to think, first of all, are abandoned subway stations a real thing? Like, is that yes. a real thing? Mm-hmm. Like there's subway stations that don't exist anymore, but you can still like, like there's ways to get down there. Yeah. Because this movie and Teenage Ninja Turtles, when I was a kid, I used to think it was so cool to have like an abandoned subway station, like an abandoned subway car that I could like turn into like a crib and that you could like take, get your way out and get around town going through the subway tunnels. I used to think that was so cool. Um, and Blank Man built like this motorcycle train like thing where he could just ride on the train tracks on a motorcycle and he picks up um Kimberly and takes her to his lair or his bat cave or blank cave um and so by the way he got his name cuz they asked him what his name was and Daryl says he's blanking ma'am and she goes blank man <laughs> and so that's how he gets the name blank man uh so he takes her to the blank cave and it's a ton of stuff just hanging around in there like completely random ridiculous things which to be fair if you look in the bat cave it is a bunch of random ridiculous things in the bat cave like there's a t-rex in the bat cave there's a giant penny giant coin yes a giant coin in the bat cave there's mad like random things in the bat cave so like it's not that far-fetched uh oh so rich just sent me the most fascinating subway stations in new york that looks so cool that's real yeah, that's City Hall. That doesn't. It's not used anymore, so they use it for like tours. But some of the other wow. ones, like I think it was number. Let me look at the num- right number. I can tell you, ninety uh, first Street. That one you only see it when you're on the one train between stops, and that is the most horrifying slash insane thing because it's a dead station that's been gone for almost now. It's going to become on like seventy years. 65 years something like that and they had a writer go down in it and it's just trash and he called it mole people but that's like the homeless folks that live in those tunnels and know how to work those tunnels i want no part of any person that knows how to work those tunnels <laughs> you will never find me if i gotta run into someone like that so with blank man with teenage mutant ninja turtles anything like that where it was a secret entrance that's a train station very believable for me wow i see i always thought that was just like something on tv but i thought it was so cool but I had no idea that like this, these things, I mean, not that it could exist in that way, but that like they actually exist with like these abandoned train stations. I'm like fascinated with trains. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know why, but like subways in particular, like I, like I just was on the internet randomly a couple of months ago and I was just like, what are the best subways in the world? And I just started like looking at different subway systems in the world. Cause I was just fascinated by underground trains. Cause I think more cities should have them. And you and I are from the East coast. So like we're familiar with that, but like, as I moved, I lived in Arizona. I lived in San Diego. Now I live in Texas. You talk to people in these places, they have just like, they just have no concept of like subways to them. Like it just, yeah. it's just something they see on TV to them. They have like no concept of how it works. 
I mean, here in Pittsburgh, we have what they call the T, and it goes from uh, Heinz Field or Acushore Stadium, whatever, uh, mm-hmm. so downtown to one of the suburbs. And then there's a couple other stops along the way. About 100 years ago, and I always tell folks, because I was in grad school when I learned this like 15, 16 years ago, it would have cost like a million, two million bucks to make a system like New York, Baltimore, mm-hmm. uh, L.A., uh, and they balked at it. Now it costs over a billion. Yeah. And I was like, y'all could have had the keys to the kingdom. Is the Pittsburgh one ahead. above ground or below ground? It's a, it's like a little bit below ground, but most of it's above ground. Most of it's above. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The Baltimore one, everywhere in the city is below ground. And then it goes out into Baltimore County and all that's above ground, but it's just a straight line. It's just straight mm-hmm. this way and straight that way. It doesn't even go east or west at all. There was a there was a thing on the docket like maybe ten years ago, like a mm-hmm. referendum for that, and then it it passed, and then nothing ever happened with it. So I don't know what happened, but they were supposed to build one to go east and west, but they didn't build it. Um, but yeah, I'm just fascinated with subways. So yeah, that's a that's a quick aside here. Uh, Rich, what'd you think about the Minnelli character in this film? I mean, Minnelli's so much similar to uh, the main bad guy in The Mask. And a couple of other generic, like when in doubt, get a kind of um, square shaped Batman villain looking dude in the animated series that's got a nice jaw and kind of just <laughs> throw him in there. And he fit that perfectly. Like, that's basically what he was. I thought that uh, he does a great job, John Raymond Polito, because that's it. Again, you talked about Jason Alexander. John Polito also gets typecast mm-hmm. in this sort of role. He's he's typically not the main guy, though. He's usually like the number two before you get to the main guy. Mm -hmm. Like if this was Batman before you get to um, uh, what's the families, the two mob families? Um, Oh, the the Falcons and uh, uh, Maroney's Maroney and Falcons. I feel like he was even in a Batman where he was. He was in a Batman. He played, uh, but he played Commissioner Gordon in a Batman cartoon. I don't think he played the bad guy. But yeah, he definitely was in Batman. Oh, Commissioner Loeb. Loeb, Loeb, my bad. He played Loeb, yeah. Who was a bad guy. He was not mm-hmm. like, he was the crooked permissioner. Oh, oh he, he played Carmel Falcone in the Arkham game. <laughs> I knew perfect. I remembered that. that okay. Out. Yeah, this is, see, he's, that's it. Like, that's who he looks like. And he also played so Hammerhead. Bad typecast the poor man. Like, he could have been another classic. I'm going to look him up real quick. Just see where he got trained. I want to give him his flowers. <laughs> Oh, and you know where I saw him? I just saw that on his uh, background. He was on Homicide, which was one oh, of really? my favorite television shows growing yes. up as a kid. They had a, speaking of Baltimore, they had an episode mm-hmm. that like I think it won an Emmy that broke me mentally because he was the guy. He wasn't the guy, but there was a guy who got trapped between the train. And as long as the train kept him like pinned, he was going to stay alive. But the second they disengage it, he was basically going to get split in half. <laughs> and so that whole episode is him trying to figure out who's he going to say goodbye to before. And it was like, this is dark. And he was He's always been in a lot of in, stuff. He was always a Cohen's brother guy. He also played Hammerhead in Spider-Man, which another gangster oh, <laughs> type person. My man, one day. <laughs> I used to feel bad for actors. Like part of me feels bad when actors get typecast. And then the other part of me was like, 
Yeah, but you got a consistent check. If you become like mm-hmm. that dude, like that woman or that person, that's like they see you as this thing. I can see as like artistically how that could be frustrating because you're like just stuck doing the same thing. But in terms of like working, you always gonna have a job. Like there's a job yeah. for you. <laughs> Man, he so, died yeah. seven years ago. Yeah, yeah, sixty five. He died young too. Mm-hmm. So yeah, Minelli. I thought the Minelli character was very, you know, it was very basic, straightforward, stereotypical in this film. But he he. So the one thing I will say about this film is nobody, nobody, uh, nobody like posted through this. Everybody was full in on their characters. Like Damon Wayans was fully in. David Allegrier was was in. Robin Givens is kind of hard to tell. She kind of plays the same character all the time, at least particularly in the 90s. Uh, but Minnelli, he was all in. The mayor was all in. Like, they were all in on these characters. And so they all gave a good effort. It's just, you know, it was just one of those movies that wasn't that great. But, the you know, the big thing that comes up in this film, uh, the big plot point is, you know, there's a bomb in the bank. So basically there... So, before that, just to set up some context, all the police, the reason why it was so much crime is because the police were basically on strike because they weren't paying the police. And so people were just hey, Robo-Cop. going crazy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. People were just going crazy. They finally come to a deal with the, the mayor had been bought off by Minnelli because basically out of fear after he shot up his people. And so he was working with Minnelli. He finally stood up to Minnelli and then decided to make a deal to get the cops their money back. This dummy goes on TV and says, "Everybody who 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 I owe money to, I'm going to have Brinks truck show up at the bank at two o'clock on Saturday, so everybody be there so we can give you back your money." So he basically tells the whole world, millions of dollars are about to be here, and so they're going to make back pay to all the police. The police show up, they immediately rob the bank. The police, because they don't do shit, they tell Blank Man to go in there and save the day. Blake man goes in there. They capture him. He he does find his way out of it in a very traditional 1960s Batman way because Batman was always finding the most ridiculous ways to get out of those contraptments back in the 60s. Um, he gets out, but the mayor, he ends up take, uh, disarming the bomb that was connected to the mayor, but there mm-hmm. was like a bag full of bombs, and so they end up running out and blowing up, and then he got blamed for that, right? So, like, the city starts to turn on Blank Man, and you get the whole thing where he, he doesn't want to be a hero anymore. He goes and gets a job at McDonald's. You know, he's he's hung up the cape, but Manelli is still obsessed with him because apparently Blank Man um, ended a bunch of his plans when he was out there fighting crime. And you get this big standoff at the end in the news station, which, by the way, Rich, was anything more 90s in this movie than the lotto tank at the news station. Mm-hmm. Like, it was, I mean, listen, man, that is again, staple that the weather person that's on the scene for no reason. <laughs> yes. Um, or to Al Roker, who just is the go to goats. And, uh, I, I don't, I think I'm going to save it for the end when we get to bad, many better, bad, many good, but this is a key reason why I'm going to have a defense ready for this movie. Whenever people bring it up. Cause I know some folks in our chat were ready to take shots. But you describing what just happened won an Oscar in a different movie. Oh, I can't wait to hear that. So they get to the news station and they get put in the tank, which is just a classic TV movie superhero trope. 
where the water is coming up and you're going to drown. And this this might have been your third strike, Rich, because J5 comes in to save the day and he's drilling holes into the tank so that the water could come out. And they drill holes right by their midsection. So it looks like they're pissing. So it looks like they're pissing the water out of the tank. I swear I died laughing this morning, laughing at that. It's such a juvenile thing, but I was in tears laughing at that. Because only a Wayne's brother would think of something like that. Uh, and they get out and they end up saving the day. Um, blank man captures Manelli, throws him into the back of the paddy wagon. Uh, at the end of the movie, it's the classic thing where Will the beautiful woman actually like the nerdy guy? You know, Daryl's nervous that uh, Kimberly's not going to actually like him. She knew the entire time who he was. So she does a joke like, oh, there's someone getting their purse stolen. He takes his glasses off like Clark Kent to run after him. And she goes, ah, I just got you. And she ended up kisses him. And that's pretty much the end of the movie. I know we kind of jumped through everything, but this movie wasn't that particularly serious to go through all the plot points of the film. Um, but yeah, Rich, so before you get into your comparison, uh, what, what do you think about this film in 2023 eyes? Like, would you tell someone to watch it before we get into, is it bad or meaning good or, or your comparison, but just, would you tell someone to watch it to experience it? Or, you know, what do you think of it as a person, you know, a grown adult now in 2023 watching this film? It's goofy. It's really goofy. It's one where. At some point, I'm going to show my son, just like I tried to show him some of the other stuff I did growing up, just so he can see the the <laughs> ridiculousness of his father's childhood. Um, Have you showed him 60s Batman? Has he watched that? I tried, and he's like, he's a, he's of this generation. Like, if it ain't on a TikTok <laughs> or a YouTube five-minute, like, he ain't got time for it. He'll do, like, uh, anime, but he okay. won't do, like that no and it's like mm-hmm. i don't need my feelings hurt on a saturday night so i'm gonna just <laughs> let it slide um but yeah it's it's yeah I, I thought that this is a movie it has to be the right person it isn't something i'm gonna generically just throw out and say you need to watch this but if you want to appreciate the greatness and the, the range of the wins and all of the folks that have been in that network i would definitely recommend it all right so rich yeah you said there was another movie that had a similar plot to this that won an oscar so mm-hmm. what what is this movie? All right, what if I told you there was a man in a city who dealt with the mob, dealt with bank robberies, declared on national television, if you show up at this certain time, I'm going to give you a crap load of money. And a superhero had to stop him. Superhero named Batman. Are you calling this the Dark Knight? This is the Dark Knight. <laughs> this is This is the entire plot of the Dark Knight. This is the plot of the Dark Knight. That is true. Mm-hmm. The Dark Knight was, I mean, I, I mean, they're probably going to hate me. I know, I know, Shahid, if he ever listens to this, because you know, mm-hmm. he loves that movie. But I mean, that was that was a cop movie more than a Batman yeah. movie. That was a cop movie. Blank Man was more Batman. The Batman was more Batman than Christian Bale was yeah. in that movie. He was definitely more detect. I mean, did he do any detecting in this? He didn't really do no, no. detecting in this. He, he just survived. Like, listen, even the same thing where you have your love set up instead of the mayor, or yeah. you got to save the people, and you try to do both, and it's like it's mm-hmm. okay, it's okay. And Harvey's screaming as the bomb goes off. Mm-hmm. Like that. I mean, this is it. The only thing is, you didn't get the second villain created mid movie. 
That was yeah. Somebody needs to ask Christopher Nolan if he watched Blank Man. He'd probably like not admit it and then turn off the mic and he's like, "Yeah, I saw it." He's like, "Yeah, I love that movie." I had never thought about that in that terms, but you're absolutely correct. This is like a spoof on the Dark Knight. This is or, the dark, or he saw the dark, or he saw this and he's like, you know what? I can make this serious. I can make Why this so serious? serious. Joker, we got to have the Joker in this movie. It's like boom, all these things. So you're welcome, Chris Nolan. I know you were watching this somewhere in England. Man, I wish yeah, I was man. on the press tour for the Dark Knight now, just to ask him that question and see how he. I know, act. right? Somebody needs to ask him that for Oppenheimer. Uh, whenever that's coming out, like when he does start doing press. Hey, man, did you see Blank Man? Did that inspire you to do the Dark Knight? That would blow the minds of like big, fi- like of like snob mm-hmm. film. That's what. Could you like imagine the people snob who- film? Yeah, <laughs> hearing that, man, that would be such an amazing thing to see. Uh, all right. So this was a quicker one than normal, but Rich, the question of questions: Was this movie bad meaning bad or bad meaning good? Oh, I'm gonna say bad meaning good. It's barely across the line, but I still, we didn't even talk about my favorite scene when J5 dies and Damon oh, Wayans yeah. is having his J5, no! J5! <laughs> and like sparks are coming out and it, 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 I could not stop laughing. So this just so y'all different. know, J5 is his robot. I, I believe he's made out of like, is it a washer machine or mm-hmm. it's a like washer machine? Like an old machine, school right? washer because it's got the yeah. arm that you're supposed to put the lid on it that kind of moves around yeah it's the old school washing machine and so the end of the movie to save the day he puts a new cartridge in the back of j5 to turn him into bomb uh diffusing mode and they put all the bombs inside like the the bowl uh of the washing machine and he's like let's see how much he can handle and it blows up and it seems like he handled it and then he just like just like just collapses to the ground and breaks into pieces and you would have thought Damon's best friend died. Like you would have thought it was the worst thing in the world. Um and they never put him back together either. So he mm-hmm. died. So he just died. He just died. Who says superhero <laughs> movies don't have stakes? Yes. Yeah, we had a grandmama die and some random white ladies die. We had um I don't think any of the bad guys died. Mm-mm. Maybe the guy that got slammed into the piano because he wasn't moving. Yeah, after he, that. he kind of went down. <laughs> he might have went down, but every, everyone else and then J5 died. Um, so yeah, so I agree with Rich. This is bad meaning good, but like 51, 49, mm-hmm. bad meaning good. Like I would watch this movie again. I would probably fast forward through certain parts, but there are absolutely scenes in this film that will have you laughing in 2023. And so multiple scenes, not just one. There are multiple points in this film where you'll laugh even today. Uh, so I actually think that's uh, fantastic. So before we get out of here, Rich, you've been on this podcast many times, but there might be new listeners. There's always new listeners. Uh, tell the people where they can find you on social media or anything you're doing in the podcast world. Yeah, sure. So thanks for having me on. Thanks for doing this. And Jeff, always thanks for having us in the network. Uh, Rich Fan at Rich underscore Fan on Twitter, F-A-N-N, or at rich fan no underscore on uh spoutable uh i work primarily through the pro wrestling torch and then kind of bounce around there with pro wrestling stuff so pwtorch.com uh i do a lot of podcasts over there the deep dive everything with rich fan and my editor publisher wade keller and i do a little work on the side over at uh 
post wrestling, I usually do their MCU later. I come in as kind of a guest host or uh, doing a couple of runs for them. So this summer I'm going to be doing their uh, secret invasion. So look forward to doing that with uh, Way and WH and the crew. Uh, but yeah, always a pleasure, man. I love working with you, Brandon. And uh, I haven't seen your cousin in a minute, so hope he's doing well. Yeah, we're actually going to, we might be coming to Pittsburgh soon. So we're definitely going to connect. Um, oh, keep me posted. Because I might my my old co-host Mike is from there, and he's supposed to be taking me up there. So definitely need to connect with you. But yeah, also don't typecast Rich. Rich is not Manelli. He's not just pro wrestling. All right, so <laughs> he could talk about anything, and even in pro wrestling. So first of all, I'm only a subscriber to the Post Network Patreon and the PW Torch VIP because of Rich Travis and cam who used to be there uh and that's i mean that's why i had my subscriptions but even now if you go listen to everything with rich fan i swear rich and wade talk about succession every week like mm-hmm. it's a succession podcast almost it's, there's always 10 minutes or like they, they, something in pro wrestling that gets rich on the side tangent to talk about the latest episode of succession and wade jumps right in so he is not typecast to pro wrestling so if you're listening to this and you do a podcast or you want him to pay him to talk about something else rich can he can do it all um, you can find me on Twitter at that cool black nerd be okay. I haven't been tweeting as much recently, but that's where I'll be at. I'm doing a podcast now with my homegirl Chanel, uh, who's also been on Bad Meaning Bad. And it's called We Was Privileged, and we're talking about uh succession. This has probably been my like most successful podcast I've ever done. <laughs> like I had no idea this many people like succession, or better yet, this many like Black people watch Succession. I don't know how many emails or voicemails we've gotten on the show where they're just like, we were looking for a podcast where Black people talk about Succession and we found yours and you love it. So if you want to hear two Black people talk about Succession from that perspective, because we think every white person on the show is terrible and that's why we love the show, uh, please listen to that. I was trying to get Rich on this season. We may try to do it for the finale. We'll see what Rich's schedule is uh, for that. We got one episode left with a series of succession so go out and check those back episodes and on that feed we're going to be doing righteous gemstones next which is also another hilarious show so go check that out and yeah i'm not sure who's up next for bad meaning bad bad meaning good but there will be another one out next uh next month uh oh so i know you, oh you know who's up next it's me it's oh, me Austin. Is up it's next. Me. and Have we're going to picked- be doing the movie juneteenth Oh, no, 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 not Juneteenth. On Juneteenth, it's coming out. It's the, uh, let me see. Oh, I should have been ready. Is it Juneteenth? No, the Blackening. Oh, man, the Blackening, yes. That's that's going to be on this feed? Yep. Oh, oh, man. I might need to, I might need to try to get on that. Yeah, so I, that's the I only one we've done in a while. That. I think this is the first slash only one we've done where it's probably going to be something you got to see in theaters. Yeah. But I'm sure it's going to be something too. I don't want people to pay 30 bucks. It's easier to pay the, the matinee to go see it. Cause I'm sure right. you could try to probably watch it on demand. Cause Lionsgate ain't trying to go broke here. <laughs> no, but yes, once oh, I saw I, that, I was like black saw. Oh yes. We got to see this. I cannot wait for that. I cannot wait for that. So yeah, Rich is up next week, with, uh, next month with the blackening. So make sure y'all go see that and tune in. But thank you all for listening, and uh, we'll talk to you all next month. Peace.